Well, welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all other people at the table. I'm one of your hosts, Dungeon Master Mitch. And I'm Dungeon Master Chris. And today we are joined by Ryan Hennessy, and we are doing our second part of our Zero to Hero mini-series. And so Ryan is one of you guys, one of the listeners, and we are going to hear from Ryan today about his journey starting uh, in role-playing games in general, starting in D&D, and the journey that he went on to become a DM and how things have been for him so far. It's going to be an awesome episode. Stick around and listen to all of it. But before we do that, Chris, we have some five-star reviews. Yes, our first one comes from Wife of a Marine, and she writes, awesome resource to put in your bag of holding. So, I have been listening for over a year now. I started listening when I was getting ready to GM a Star Wars Edge of the Empire campaign, and I needed some helpful tips. Well, I found a dragon's horde of tips and tricks to make my game better for me and my players. I just started a D&D 5e campaign playing the Curse of Strahd in my own homebrew world. I would not have been able to create my world as well as I did if it wasn't for your helpful advice. Thank you, Semper Fi, Tom. Oh, it's from... A- <laughs> It's from the husband. <laughs> it's from the husband. So I apologize. His name Tom. That's okay. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, thank you so much for your uh, review, Tom. We really, really appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you so much, Tom. Our next one comes from Joe Z, and it's a lot of Z's. <laughs> Fantastic and inspiring. I wonder if he fell asleep. Uh, yeah, I was thinking his that writing like he was writing out his name. <laughs> Five stars. Love the show. Helps me keep inspired between games. I started at the beginning, and I'm looking forward to catching up on all this great content. Keep it up. You guys rock. Thanks so much, Josie. Yeah, thank you, Josie, so much. Well, with that, let's head to the meet. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meat? Carving up! Just a mouthful! So this week for the meet, we are going back to another zero to hero. We are talking about first time potentially DMs who have given it a shot and have absolutely loved it. And this week we are joined by Ryan Hennessy, who is a fairly new Dungeon Master and frequent listener of the Dungeon Master's block. You may see him on Twitter roaming around, asking some questions on the forums, things like that. Ryan, we are so glad to have you as, you know, being able to interact with you on a level that is more so than just you hearing and giving appreciation on Facebook or Twitter or wherever it is. So <laughs> welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah, I'm super glad to be here. It's, uh, you know, it feels a little bit like taking the step to being a dungeon master. I feel like I'm stepping to the other side of the screen, you know. <laughs> so. It's going to feel even weirder when you listen to the episode and you get to listen to yourself. It may be weird at first to hear your own voice, but. You'll quickly get over that. (laughs) So, Ryan, can you tell us just a a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. My name is Ryan. (laughs) Um, I live (laughs) in uh, Baltimore, D.C. area. I work at a church as a communications director, so I do the web design and maintenance and graphic design and that kind of stuff. I have only been into role-playing games for... I started playing at grad school, so... 
was that like five or six years ago? I just started my DMing my first campaign about six months ago. We're like six sessions in and having a great time. Excellent. So can you tell us a little bit about your first character that you ever played in D&D? Because we know you didn't start out as a DM. So tell us a little bit about who that was and what it was like stepping into that realm. So my first, this is, I'm going to give two answers because there's a little bit of a, (laughs) well, so my first RPG experience ever was in grad school, as I mentioned, and we actually played GURPS, which is, um, Uh which is like a super technical way to jump into RPG, but um, (laughs) yes, it is. um, But it was, I had a good time. My character that I played during that campaign was a dwarf who Right way to start. Yeah, I, I was just listening to to you and Phil just uh, fawn over the the dwarven peoples. We're, we love them. It was a dwarf. He was a dwarf who had like a childhood disease that had kind of rendered his body less than maybe with the other dwarves, and so he became this like super into tinkering and stuff. And he was on the run from this corporation because he had stolen a mining mech and had kind of modified it so that he could. Um, survive kind of out in the wild and that sort of thing. So, so it was like a anytime he was out of his out of his mech suit, he was super vulnerable. But um, <laughs> yeah, so that was my first that was my first character that I ever played. My DM was super awesome and like helping me work out all the mechanics of how that worked out. Which is good because you were playing. Yeah, GURPS. exactly. I was like <laughs> trying to figure out. I still have the uh, the GURPS for Dummies uh, yellow book on my shelf. That, <laughs> that just sounds so grad school. How big is that book? <laughs> uh, it's a pretty. It's a pretty. I mean, you know, the for Dummies books they try and like pare it down as much as you can, but it's still like <laughs> yeah, it sits next to the Bible, so it, that that'll tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a grad school uh, thing to jump straight into the most technical yeah. type of role playing ever. <laughs> just yeah. feeds into yeah. the stereotype. But my first, my first D and D character i was playing a a gnome monk who is true neutral and kind of inspired by yoda i guess you know talks a little bit in riddles and tries try trying to like restore balance to the universe sort of a thing so that's awesome i don't hear a lot of my first D &D character was a gnome monk no (laughs) that's a sweet thing to start out with i i'm always super into like really strange combinations, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm like the, the antithesis of the min maxer. Like I want to, I want to find ways to like make things as complicated as possible. So, um, I thought like, I, I thought a, a gnomish hand to hand fighter would be like a really unique way to go about it. All right, Ryan, just as all our guests have surprise questions, we are not sparing you from yes, that. So I'm ready. here is, here is your surprise question. If you were a D&D monster in real life based on your personality, what monster would you be? Oh, that's a good question. Based on my personality. I th- like I feel like I'm really easygoing and like can fit in well with any group of people. So um, <laughs> that that gets rid of a lot of D&D Yeah, I know. Monsters. That's what I was thinking of. I was like pretty much most all D&D except for monsters. one that I'm thinking of. <laughs> Maybe like the the shapeshifters. What are they called? Doppelgangers. Ooh, yeah, doppelgangers. there you go. Maybe a doppelganger. Maybe that's where I should go. Respect. That's what I was thinking of in my head. I was like, man, can fit in with any society. I like that. Yep, that's gonna be doppelganger. Yeah. That's sweet. That's, that's cool. really cool. I, that's that's deep, man. Way to go. <laughs> that's a good answer. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's get started uh, talking about uh, what we came to talk about today on this episode of the Dungeon Masters Block. We want to talk to you about your journey 
becoming a DM? What kind of led you there? What experiences you've had along the way? What you've learned? Maybe some of the things that you found difficult. Uh, so I guess to start that off, you've given a little bit about uh, of an answer to this, but the question, how did you first get started in, in D&D and RPGs? Like what brought you to the tabletop gaming table? Yeah, so I... I mean, I, I grew up in, like, a really sort of socially and theologically conservative environment. Uh, so D&D, mm-hmm. like, my, like, my family and church and stuff were, the, were among, among the people who thought D&D <laughs> it's was evil. evil. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't really participate in anything like it growing up. Um, after I graduated from undergrad, I opened a coffee shop and ran it for a, a number of years. And there were some people who would come to the coffee shop and play. And there were there were a bunch of people who would come to the coffee shop and play Magic the Gathering. So I got into Magic the Gathering first. The gateway. Yeah, uh, for real. <laughs> um, I still have uh, you know thousands and thousands of cards that I'm that I'm I'm using in my game, which I'll have to tell you about at some point. Nice, um, awesome. So, but yeah, so so I started playing Magic the Gathering. Then after that, I went to grad school, and my roommate at grad school was like a big tabletop RPG guy. So when he started a game, I was like, yes, I'm totally in. Let's do it. Yeah, you can either join in or you can just sit in your room and do more studying. But who <laughs> wants to do that? <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just like sit down in my desk and do homework while they're having a good time. So yeah, I, I totally, I totally hear you there. That was one of the things like when we first started out, when I heard that Mitch was starting to DM, I was like, oh man, that sounds so awesome. But granted we would do 14 hour days. So I was like, ah, I got to do some studying. So I can't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 14 might be yeah, a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. 12 is probably more realistic. <laughs> so that's how you got started into D&D. What, what attracted you to D&D the most? I know you said you started out with, with GURPS, but what made you either make that transition to becoming uh, a D&D DM or a D&D player? What, what was that like for you? Or even role-playing in general. Like what, what made you go, this is something I'm interested in? Uh, weirdly, weird timing. I actually had lunch with James Intercasso yesterday, and we were talking about... Huh some of this, uh, this very same thing is like, there's something that's like fundamentally important about stories for human beings. Like humans have to tell stories and they have to hear stories and, and finding a way to, to do that in a way that's not just like sitting down and consuming a product that somebody else has made, but, but finding like, the capacity to participate in the story making and in using a story like using the context of a fantasy world to explore real life problems and issues and you know we like in in our game we have uh, I've set up some of these themes and like one of the themes that we talk about in our game or that like I'm using the conflicts to try and explore is the sort of disillusion of a black and white morality right like the idea that things are not always as good or evil as they appear on the surface and like this is a real life issue that we have to deal with but if you if you sit down and try and have an actual conversation about it with real examples then it becomes a lot more tenuous it becomes a lot more like stressful and there's like real people involved and real feelings involved but if you explore these concepts in a story especially a story with other people, it gives you a lot more like freedom and safety to explore these really important concepts. Um, 
So that's a, like a super deep and philosophical answer to, <laughs> to maybe a question that well, maybe that's not what you wanted, but, but no, that's exactly what we wanted. Yeah, that's perfect. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that the, this is like a, such a unique avenue through which you can make and tell stories that you can't do in, in any other media. So it's amazing. Cause you know, I was playing a, a game of edge of the empire the other day with some of my college students and they rolled awful the entire game like and so they kept putting themselves into worse and worse situations to the point where they are flying away in their ship Uh, one of them is like bleeding out from the leg needs a crutch he can't get up their ship is smoking they just got attacked by a bunch of tie fighters and i talked to them afterwards and i'm like you know the beautiful thing about tabletop rpgs is that fact that if what we just did was a board game or a video game you would look at that as a failure or a loss but all that stuff that went wrong it created this awesome story and you guys are so pumped to get back next time and figure out what happens and how you get out of the situation none of that was a failure or a loss things went wrong for your characters but it made this really compelling awesome story to start this game off with. And that's just so awesome. I think one thing, and Ryan, you touched a little bit on this when you were talking about, well, I could sit down and consume something that somebody's written or, you know, done before. I think the great thing about role-playing games, and you, you touched a little bit on it, was, you know, I could sit down and I could read a book by myself for, you know, 12, you know, if it takes me 12 hours to read the book, it takes me 12 hours to read the book. But I could also, at the same time, go and hang out with friends and not read that great story or that great book and maybe lose out on something potential, you know, some of those deep philosophical meanings that are intertwined with those books. But you could come together with your friends and make those stories and hang out with your friends at the same exact time. And so you're kind of getting the best of both of those worlds while sitting around a table, rolling some dice and, you know. Hanging out, with, hanging out with your friends like we all like to do. Absolutely. And and you guys t- talked a little bit about it on the episode with Ro from Gamers Plane. You talked about it's not just like reading a story, but it's like writing a story together. And I, I, that really resonated with me because it's it's true. You could sit down and read a book for 12 hours or you could sit down and spend 12 hours writing a story, which is an important thing to do, right? It's like an important creative experience to, to come up with a story in a world and all of those things. Yeah, totally. But, but it, it is it's a very different thing to do that in conjunction with other people and to like incorporate other people's ideas and actions. And, 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 and like you're saying, like having these discussions about real life things, you know, we, I'm, I'm playing a game right now, actually uh, of force and destiny on gamers plane. And one of the things we're talking about is like, what does it mean to be alive? Right. There's these droid that one of our party members is yeah. a droid and, so, you know, in combat, is it, like, fair for me to shove him in the line of fire to save myself? I don't know. Like, let's talk about this kind of thing. But we're doing it in a context where the person, there's, like, another person who's playing the droid who has opinions about this issue as well. So it's it's not just you, like, bouncing around ideas in your own head. You're getting to do it, you know, in conversation with other people while you're making this fantastic story. So it, it's a really, it's it's supremely unique in like what it allows you to do creatively. So Ryan, you've told us a little bit about how you got started in D and D and role-playing games and what attracted you to them in the first place. Can you tell us a little bit about the circumstances that prompted you to, as you said, take that seat behind the DM screen to switch roles and to take on that role as a DM? 
about a year ago, a little over a year ago is when my my wife and my daughter and I moved out here to the Baltimore DC area and when when we did, I sort of lost my network of friends, right? So I'm, I'm spending most of my day at work uh, behind a computer and doing design stuff and whatever else. And um, so I really I got into podcast and I've been a longtime listener of uh, my brother, my brother and me, you know, the, the McElroy brothers and their comedy podcast. And so when they spun off and did the Adventure Zone, I was like fully in day one. Like this is <laughs> this is amazing. This makes me so happy that th- that this exists. And also it was really cool because none of them had really played role playing games before. So like as yeah. as somebody who was sort of new to the hobby or felt you know felt a little bit like an outsider in the hobby, it was like a really cool experience to hear them telling such a fun and engaging story while they were also kind of like learning the how, how all of it goes together so after i after i realized like this is really super interesting and a good way for me to to entertain myself while i'm working i started exploring other podcasts so i plugged into to your podcast um that i'm currently on which is still super weird <laughs> and uh, and I, I started listening to to you guys to the Dungeon Masters block and also to God's Fall when it started up, and um the like the three of those things combined really showed me like not only is this something that I wanted to do because I I, I love to tell stories and I love to do stories with people but also like the three of you have give such the a breadth of opportunity like you show how different uh you can take this this like set of rules and and turn it in into something like in in super different ways Hmm. um obviously the adventure zone for anybody that listens to it is hilarious and wonderful and the stories that they tell (laughs) that that griffin writes up for them is are you know they're they're fantastic and it's completely at the opposite end of the spectrum from God's Fall, which is also <laughs> amazing and wonderful. And Aram does does such a great <laughs> job with with that. And then you guys do a very different thing. Uh, and so, like between the three of you, I, I felt super inspired, and I was like, okay, I have to do this. I have to figure out how to how to be a good dungeon master and tell a cool story, and I have to f- use it to like help find a a group of people here that I can hang out with on a regular basis and be friends with and kind of like start making a network of, of friends, you know, that's awesome. And so like, how did that, how did that happen? Like you've now started, uh, this journey as a DM that you've played six sessions, you've been DMing for six months. Tell us about the in-between where you were preparing, where you were finding people. Uh, tell us about that part of your journey. Yeah. So a big, like a big part of it was connecting with the people on the dungeon masters block forums and like getting inspiration from some really fantastic and like kind and generous people on the forums, but also like finding people from other podcasts who would come over and and chime in on the forums, you know, and, and like, oh, hey, they've got a podcast. I could probably learn something from them. So go listen to, you know, to the other podcast <laughs> that, that kind of showed up. And so I like spread out that way and like, oh, oh, yeah. uh, Sean from Tribality is on the show. Well, what's Tribality? I don't know. Maybe I should go check it out <laughs> and read some stuff. Like getting plugged in with, you know, f- following people on Twitter and, and like getting just sort of like, ex- like spider web out from there, like just kind of voraciously grabbing onto anything that I could in terms of 
uh, advice or tips or, you know, anything like this. And so I, I started an Evernote document and I just started taking notes uh, just about anything and everything I could about how to make good NPCs, about how to, like, what what is a good process for world building? How do you organize your ideas for stories? Like, all of these kinds of things. And I, so I just started writing stuff down. And so after, I don't know, maybe four or five months of, of like, consuming information about how to be a good DM, I was like, I'm, I'm <laughs> sitting on a lot of information here. Like, I feel like I might actually have enough information to, to do this and, and do it well. So at that point, I started actually, like, putting together a world and um i still didn't have any players right i'm just like learning how to <laughs> yeah. I'm just learning how to do this thing with like no hey if you build it they will come absolutely right? <laughs> yeah field of dreams great movie D D is the field of dreams for nerds <laughs> yes <laughs> so yeah so after like once i finally decided okay i have to i have to make this happen i just started like connecting with a few random people that i had met over that time around here like one of my coworkers' husbands, he's a cardiologist. And so I asked my coworker, I was like, do you think he would be interested in this? Or is this like way, way outside of the realm of anything he likes? Uh, <laughs> she was like, I don't know. I'll ask him. And so I, he sent me a message a couple of days later. was like, I have never, ever thought about doing anything like this, but it sounds so fun. Let's give it a try. And like, that was pretty much the reaction I got from, <laughs> from all of the other players in my group too. It was like, um, there's there's only one of my five players who's ever really played RPGs before, and the rest of them were just, like, people that I knew or, like, one of my wife's best friends lives close by, and so her husband is an accountant, and uh, I, I've been to their house, and I know that he had, like, some fantasy novels on his bookshelf, so I was like, hey, I don't know if, if you've ever considered doing this, but I'm thinking of starting a D&D group. Like, do you want to give it a go? So I just started asking people, and, and the first five people that I asked said that they would be super into it. So we put something on the calendar. Nice. That's sweet. And how long have you guys been going for now? Um, we've been playing for about six months, but everybody in our group, save one, has a child under two. So ah. <laughs> um, we don't get to play as often as we like. Right. So we've been, we've been playing about once a month. So I don't know. We're like... 25 to 30 hours into our into our campaign and it's been it's going really well like everybody's super into it yeah you are a like real life example ryan of like what we've been wanting to happen with this community of like the dungeon masters blocks you've jumped on the forums you've gotten like such a community there that you've come alongside and you say that they've helped you and i'm sure that there's many on the forums that would say that you've been doing the same for them and even I love the fact that you've you've been reaching out to these people we've had, these guests we've had on the podcast and like you've had great interactions with them. You just said you you literally had lunch with James and Tricasso yesterday. Like and this is something that we've said on the podcast before that we really want to drive home to our listeners. Like these people if you reach out to them most of the time they're going to answer like they're a lot of these people, they will answer you. They will have conversation with you. They're not going to just like blow you off. Like they want to engage with you. And I'm so happy to have you on the show to like, just to say that, to say, yes, they do. And this is so cool. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, I have not had a single interaction. Uh, well, may, maybe the angry GM, but I, I guess that's part of his shtick. <laughs> that hasn't been like super, super kind of generous and I, I he he actually is really 
cool too. Uh, I, I'm, I say that with my tongue firmly yeah. planted in my cheek. Everybody that I've that I've talked to, it has been like super like yes, please help me out. Like a, a couple of weeks ago, I I sent out a couple of emails and a couple of direct messages to a bunch of different people saying like, hey, I'm I'm having trouble like sorting through this complex situation that I've got going on in, in my world. My my players have all given me these wonderful backgrounds and connected themselves with these antagonists. And I, I don't know how to like turn four big bad evil guy characters in like how do I tie them all together, right? So I put I pose this question to like six different people that I've connected with and I got some help from Joe Moniak and I got some help from DM Phil, but I also got uh, main prize, but I also got help from Adam from the stories of the fifth age podcast. And I, so like there were all of these people, every single person that I asked came back with was like, yes, please. I would love to help you out. This sounds so interesting. And, and I think people are just really excited that there are other people excited about the hobby. Like I know yeah. that I am, you know? Uh, so Anybody who wants to hit me up and be like, hey, I've got this story idea. Can you can you help me work through something? Like, absolutely, I'll say yes, because it's fun. <laughs> like, that's why we play the game. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit, Ryan? I mean, you, you've shared with us how you got into DMing. Like, this was something that you really, really wanted to do because of the information you had gotten. You felt really prepared. But what has that journey been like for you thus far with all of the players that are new, what is what has that experience been like for you going on that DM journey? It's been really interesting. It, it actually has been about what I expected it to be, which um, surprised me, honestly. <laughs> I sort of expected it to be everything going off the rails all the time and like trying, like scrambling every time there's a session to try and figure out like, well, what is this monster stat block and how do I work these, you know, these six different stories together and, and all of these kinds of things. And I, I mean, I honestly have to say that it's through no special talent of my own, but rather through like the, the resources that I had collected over time, <laughs> but I was able to, I feel like, I mean, I've been really comfortable. Um, I think it does help that the majority of my group are new so that they don't have really strong expectations for what, a game like this is supposed to be quote unquote, sure. you know, air, air quotes supposed to be. So uh, I was telling, I was talking to a couple of people on Twitter the other day about it. Like my players came to me with character concepts and they didn't know, you know, so like, so one of my players came to me and he's like, I really want to play this character who like when people interact with him in the world, they kind of have a ten tendency to think of him as uh, monstrous or as other. And, and like, I want him to, have had this really bad experience at home. So he left and he's like been living in the wilderness away from people who might, who might think of him as like a monster. And I was like, okay, well that's pretty easy to do. You can play in half orc. You can play <laughs> like, if you want to have lived in the wilderness, you can be either a ranger or a druid, which would you like? And his response was like, well, what's a ranger and what's a druid? Like how do you know, like what's the difference? <laughs> and so they've come to the game like really interested and invested in their characters and the stories and, and much less invested in the, like the mechanics or the ways that the dice play out, you know, they're, they're, they're less sure. interested yeah. in, the, in the numbers than they are in the narrative. And, and I find that to be really useful for me because then like, I don't, I don't feel the pressure that I have to, know how many hit points a, a beholder has because when 
it feels right for the story, I can just say that the, that they killed the beholder. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't have to like I I do want to have it in front of me and I do want to play it right and I do like I like the spells and I like the abilities that each that each monster has and all of these kinds of things, but at the same time, it's not the most important part of our game. So, yeah. it, you know, the other the last session that we had, they fought a, an owl bear and none of them had ever heard of an owlbear. So it was really cool for me. <laughs> it was really cool for me to be able to go to the session and not say, like, you mm-hmm. see an owlbear, but to be able to describe the creature and, and, and talk about how, like, vicious it is and ferocious it is and how when you approach the cave, it smells of rotting meat because of all of the things that it's taken in and, and left, like, half-eaten um so and and then when they they saw it and i described it and it it was like whoa this is this is a a thing and then they fought it and it was like oh my gosh this thing is so powerful how how are we going to kill this thing so it was like it just ended up being being way i don't know our our whole session every time we meet it's always been about the story and like trying to find a way for these characters to connect to each other and to connect the the overarching narrative and that that has made things a lot easier for me i felt like a lot less pressure than i thought that i would well i think that it's really cool too that you have new players that they haven't experienced these things before because even in you describing that experience with the owl bear like i think a lot of dms are playing with groups of players that they know exactly what an owl bear is so in that encounter that they're going to have with an owl bear they put a mini on the map and it's an owl bear and the players go oh it's an owl bear uh, whether that makes them afraid or not like that's one thing but they know what it is or you describe you give a little bit of a description of the creature or you say and an owl bear walks into the clearing and the players know what's going on but for you without players who have no idea what an owl bear is like if you said and an owl bear walks into the clearing if they even figure out like, well, an owl bear, okay, it must be a mix between an owl and a bear. They don't know exactly what mix it is, if it has wings and if it has this or is that. So it really put you in a place where you were able to, like you said, get into the descriptive nature of this creature and the suspense and they are not like thinking oh I know exactly what owlbear stats are or I fought an owlbear before so I kind of know along the lines of how difficult this is going to be but you were able to put like this descriptive nature to it which I I feel like that's probably been a huge benefit for you in taking on this DMing role and being able to play with new players and you've kind of been able to mold them into a place that is what you are going with with this story driven play style and been able to really drive that home and these players now if they leave and go and play with another gm or if they gm themselves i mean you're kind of setting them up for their future of tabletop role playing what they are going to be looking for and what their priority is going to be and we here at the dungeon master block definitely think that story is <laughs> story is what it's all about it's awesome yeah yeah i mean as another example like one of the first non human npcs that they ran into was this this ghost and as you guys had mentioned in one of your story times the ghost has this awesome power where if they yes. <laughs> if they frighten you by too by too much you age one d ten you know however whatever the actual stat yeah one d four times ten times years, ten right, years exactly. yeah um but they had like there's no way that anybody at my table knew that and so <laughs> that wasn't playing into their their decision 
to whether or not they wanted yep. to attack it, right? They ended up not attacking and talking to it, which provided a super interesting story hook. And so now they actually have brought this this ghost with them. Uh, they like grabbed the, the tiara that her soul is attached to and they stuck it in their pack. <laughs> and so they're traveling with this ghost. And it's, you know, maybe they would have done that if they had known about the ghost's abilities and, and whether, you know, like they're, the way that the ghost is in combat and how many hit points it has and stuff. But the fact that, that that wasn't something that that factored in like it yeah. automatically makes the story central which which to me is like you said I I'm I'm on board with this philosophy as well I'm doing it for the story so it, I I like it when the mechanics of the game itself can kind of take a backseat and stay behind the curtain and and the story is actually what's happening at the table so if you're one of Ryan's players and you're listening to the podcast, forget that that is some of the mechanics and just have fun <laughs> knowing that you have a ghost walking along with you. Exactly. <laughs> well, she's she's not evil. She's not an evil. Go- I mean, she's she's neutral, right? So she she might turn yeah. on them if they're if they're not if they don't do what she wants. But uh, but yeah, as long as the as long as their goals are aligned, they're safe for the moment. So I have a question for you with uh, this journey that you've been on uh, being a DM. So at the beginning of the discussion here, you talked about the fact that what really like attracted you, one of the things that attracted you about role playing was this idea that you're able to in a in a gaming setting, in a storytelling setting, like explore things that might be difficult to like in the real world like i don't remember exactly what you exactly said but like racism or like different different like viewpoints and belief points and have you had any experiences like that so far maybe like something happened in game that triggered a conversation afterwards with your group of players and yourself um on maybe some real world issues or has there any been anything like that that uh, has occurred in your game so far so one of the things one of the reasons why it's it's hard for us to get together as often as we'd like is because we try to meet like at a central location but i live about 45 minutes to an hour from the furthest player away so so like we have this long, this like 30 minute commute to the, the place yeah. where we're playing. And I ride with one of my players who lives closer to me. And so every time we have a session on the way back, we end up having these, these f- philosophical conversations. Mm-hmm. So on the episode, when Aram came on, you guys were talking about like the, the deity structures in your worlds, right? Mm-hmm. My world falls into one of the categories where people don't have any idea whether or not deities exist right like mm-hmm. there's no there's no actual like people do have magic based on their their religious affiliation and the mechanics of how that actually happens is not has not been revealed to the people in my group right so one of the players is a paladin and he in his backstory he had this experience where he was drowning and something that he attributes to the deity that he now follows saved him from drowning and said like you should you should follow me basically and and gave the name of this deity now in his mind both the player and the character what actually happened was the deity saved him from drowning and called him to follow me now whether or not that's that's real is nebulous at best at this point right so when my when the player leveled up to to three recently i told him i was like you know based on your experiences and the way things have gone for you like you could totally take a level of warlock 
And he was like, well, I don't really know what that means and blah, blah, blah. So he's exploring that option right now. But the truth of the matter is the fact that people have in the world, in game, have these super strong beliefs about the gods and what the gods do. And they even have experiences, right? And they have powers based on their belief in these gods. Like it doesn't necessarily make, make that actual, right? It doesn't make it real within mm-hmm. the game world. It, it, there's only so much that you can do with the evidence that you're presented. Sure, it makes logical sense that the gods exist and all of this kind of thing. But that, that's not necessarily so. And so we, we had a long conversation on the way back from our session one time about this specific thing. It's like, are the gods real? Hmm. What's actually happening in the sort of quote-unquote spiritual realm or the divine yeah. realm or, or however you want to say it? Like, and, and the answer is, like, I'm not going to tell you because... Your players don't know, your <laughs> characters don't know, and and I, I like that's something that you can go exploring about if you want to. If your character wants to find out, then then you should try and find out. But it's it was like a really interesting conversation to have and and relate that to real life. Like we don't know, you know, like mm-hmm. we can we can make conclusions and we can we can do what we do, but the truth of the matter is if you believe in a god or if you follow a religion, and it's based on faith and and so i was like well that's that's the way that i want the game to work too like if you're a paladin you have to have faith i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say like this is actually what happened and tell my characters that out of out of character out of game like they just have to believe it's true so it was like it was that was a super interesting conversation to have that's awesome i have a follow-up question along with that how is that for you and maybe you've had like multiple conversations like that in the drive back with uh, your your player, but what is the experience for you when players ask you questions about this world that you're uh, creating and the lore behind the world and about the the deities and when they when they ask you questions uh, whether or not you can give them answers or not because maybe there's some elements that you're like I can't tell you about that right now, but how's that experience been for you? Um, it's been really interesting. Like I, I like, I enjoy sort of having, uh, information that they want. Um, that probably makes me an evil person. (laughs) (laughs) I think that makes you a DM. (laughs) Well, those might not be, those might not be that different. They they might not be. Okay. That's yeah. I, I like, I like this idea that the people who are playing this game in the world that I have created are interested in the way that the world works. I also really like the fact that I that based on their interest, I'm able to put things into the game and into the world that they will find more interesting, right? So it's like this very exciting feedback loop where like they show interest in a thing and then I'm able to like put more of that thing into the world, which gets them more excited about the thing. And like you have this loop that just keeps feeding itself. So I really enjoy the, the lore. I enjoy, I also have found it really helpful in, fleshing out my world because the players ask a lot of questions about things that I hadn't considered yet. And so I spend a lot of time saying like, let me get back to you on that. And then having to like go furiously write, write a bunch of um, lore and backstory (laughs) and those kinds of things. So it's been, it's been almost entirely positive. There have been like a few things where I've had to give away something that I wish that I hadn't because the players need to know for, their character's sake yeah. or, or whatever. But for the most part, like I have some 
components of my world that are like going to blow their minds when they find out. And it may not happen for a year, you know, it may not happen for two years, but it's like, I'm, I'm planting the seeds now for when they discover these different things for, for the, for their minds to be blown. And so to me, like that's, that's like the, the slow burn to like this really epic explosion. So, and it's, it's hard sometimes not to give away those things early. (laughs) Yes, right. Because oh. you're like, oh, man, I know how awesome this is going to be. Like there's things in the campaign I'm running now where I'm like, man, some of the things that th- that's going to come out in the last session or maybe in our epilogue are just going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> that was what was happening the whole time. So those things are so hard to not give up at times. But when you get to the end, holding on to that information is so worth it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the that's part of why the like the network the online community the online D community or, or role-playing game community is like super important to me because i can go on the forums and i can say hey guys here's this really cool idea and i can get instant validation right uh and i don't i don't have to like be the only person in the in on the face of the planet earth who knows this thing um because that would be too hard for me but i can contact these other people that i'm now friends with and say hey i just had this cool idea what do you think and everybody can be like wow that's really cool or that's totally stupid you should not use that but either way it you know it it helps me to be able to to release some of that tension of holding all these secrets from my players so Ryan, I have I have one, maybe two last questions. Uh, maybe you'll answer. I'll I'll just ask you both of them. Two last questions for you. What have you learned from your role as DM, and what would you say has been your crowning achievement to this point that you look back on and are like, man, that is by far my favorite moment as a DM thus far. So, the 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 thing that I've actually learned that will help me in in actual human life is that. Like, it's not that things are often way more scary than they turn out to be, you know, like the, the anticipation or the fear or like the pressure that you build up in your mind of any particular thing is often, is often way worse or like way more dramatic than a thing turns out to be. And you guys have said this a lot and as have many other people that, that DMing is not it's not as scary as like it seems, right? You don't actually have to know yeah. everything in all of the books, right? You don't have to read the entire DM guide or the the handbook or the monster manual. Like you don't have to memorize 900 pages worth of, of material. Uh, you don't have to buy all the supplements. You don't have to, I mean, I, I don't even have, you know, I don't have minis. I don't have a grid. Yeah. Like we don't use that stuff. I went, on easy roller dice and I bought uh, like a six pack of dice, you know, six sets of seven. And I handed them out to my players and I was like, this is what we're going to use. And that's, that's all (laughs) we use at our, at our table. You know, people have their character sheets and like, sometimes I'll play music sometimes I won't. But for the most part, like we just sit around and we talk about what's happening and it's, it doesn't, it's, it's way more simple. Uh, and I think that that's true of a lot of things in life, right? I think that if we were more inclined to just try to do things that we would find that they're, they're less scary, right? They're, that the intimidation factor, if we can get past that, like the actual accomplishing of the, of the thing that you're trying is, is maybe not going to be as hard as you thought it would be. You know, it's it kind of like jumping into a swimming pool. Like even, even if you know it's cold, like the, you're, the anticipation of that cold shock is is a lot harder than 
when you just jump in <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're used to it. And it's like, oh, that's, right. that actually yeah. wasn't so bad. That's a great analogy. Thanks. <laughs> and the other question was my crowning achievement. So the, the actual Im- the impetus, the inspiration for like the, in- the entire opening arc of my, of my story, of my campaign, was thinking about my own t- small child and like what it would be like to be an adventurer with a with an infant essentially mm. and and i was like oh my gosh can you imagine trying to like do stealth rolls with this baby <laughs> <laughs> like strapped to your back or whatever oh you don't you don't just mean being like an adventurer has to leave home and think about a kid at home you mean a, literally an adventurer carrying around an infant everywhere huh? yeah absolutely <laughs> right it's not just like being a fr- like you're you're in the you're not you're not just battling this thing this 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 creature thinking oh no if i die my child will be will be fatherless or motherless you're thinking like oh no if i die this thing is going to eat my baby because it's strapped to my body <laughs> or even every hit that i take might hit oh man right. that's scary right. so that was the that was the inspiration so what i ended up doing was i created this whole backstory where the duke of this city has had this curse placed on him where every 30 years he gets turned into an infant <laughs> and this, this Duke like fi- found out about the curse and hired the adventurers to go see if they could find out like what was going on and help him reset the curse. So they went away and they f- found out this information and they came back to the Duke and gave him the information. And then like he got into his, his carriage to drive away and then all of a sudden they heard this baby screaming. And so then they had to go into the carriage and pull this baby out of the carriage. And now they have this, this infant with them. And they're like trying to figure out like, what in the world are we going to do? And so the looks on my players' faces when the, when the Duke turned into a, a baby before them was like, yes, <laughs> that's money in the bank. <laughs> that's awesome. That's genius. That's so great. Well, hey. Ryan, we just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the Dungeon Master's Block. We've enjoyed this so much, being able to talk with you, and uh, we hope that you have a great experience listening to this when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's going to be super weird, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but that's you know, it's all it's it's for it's for you guys, it's for the listeners. I do it for you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, if the listeners want to get in touch with you. Is there an easy way for them to do that? Uh, yeah, you can just, uh, I mean, I'm on Twitter all the time. Um, my handle is Whipstash. Handle, is that a thing people say anymore? My username is... <laughs> is yeah, at, I don't know. At Whipstash, which is spelled exactly like it sounds, like a whip and a mustache mixed together. <laughs> my, you know, I'm the same on the DMB forums, so you can message me there. Um, but Twitter is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Perfect. Nice. Well, thanks so much, Ryan, for coming on. We we are glad that, you know, one, we've been an inspiration to you because that was something that we started out and we wanted to to do here at the Dungeon Master's Block, but also that, that you yourself have become just immersed in the D&D community and now are able to be a source of inspiration for other people out there. So thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your heart and your story uh, for Dungeons & Dragons and role-playing in general. Yeah, and, and let me just take a, a moment to give my own like live five star review here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just I think that I think that I speak for a whole group of people when I just when I when I say thank you to you guys for putting this together and for fostering a community of of people who like 
care about and respect one another and are interested not just in what other people can do for the hobby or the promotion of themselves, but like actually really care about each other as human beings. And I think that that's, that that's something that is way beyond Dungeons and Dragons or role-playing games in, in and of itself. Um, I, I like have this hangouts group with six or seven people from the forums that I'm, that I'm just on all the time. And we don't just talk about D and D or role-playing games. Like we talk about real life and, you know, people's families and, and lives and work and all of this kind of thing. And it has been, it's been super helpful to me um, to have this place where I can connect with people who, who actually care about me. Uh, and it wouldn't have happened if you guys didn't put so much work into, into making this podcast and, and the community what it is. So thank you guys. Yeah. You're so welcome, man. We're glad we could do <laughs> that. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what to say. I'm trying. I'm trying not to cry. Thank you so much. <laughs> really, really, really appreciate that. So, so definitely go and tweet at Ryan. Uh, he's always up for a conversation. Jump on the forums. Be a part of uh, the community with Ryan. This is this is awesome. I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm lost for words. Thank you, Ryan. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. For sure. You guys take it easy. So we just once again want to thank Ryan for coming on and sharing surprise. You know, I, I didn't know how much information he was going to know or how inspired he had been, but we thank him so much for coming on and, and one inspiring us again to keep doing what we're doing as, as both DMs and hosts of this podcast. But we just want to say thank you, Ryan, for all of the knowledge that you have and the heart that you have for the game and for the people that are a part of your group. It's very evident and you are so inspiring to the rest of the listeners out there that are a part of the DMB. If you would like to email us and share a story, uh, maybe something that Ryan said that inspired you. I know the Field of Dreams comments were pretty inspiring. So if that's been your experience with D&D, shoot us an email at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. And also, if you liked what you heard here today, head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, and you will get a personal shout-out from us at the beginning of one of the future episodes. And you can also find us on Stitcher and Podcast Addict and also in Google Play. You can follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block. You can like our Facebook page. Those are the places you want to go for updates about the show, D&D memes, and all kinds of tabletop role-playing game goodness. We have a Patreon member shout-out of the week, and this week's Patreon member shout-out goes to... Mark D. Harris. So thank you so much, Mark, for your contribution to the podcast. Mark is a feared bronze dragon. Oh, yeah. So as he's moving around the Twitter sphere and the forum sphere, I think that's what we can call it, I think. <laughs> uh, shoot, shoot Mark a friendly message to say, hey, thanks for, for helping the Dungeon Masters block out be what it is. Thanks, Mark. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing all the characters, and lowering all of the egos at the table. Have a great night, everyone. Keep on Dungeon Mastering. Goodbye.